Hey folks, welcome into Ons Waveland. This Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor. I'm back, by the way. I am feeling better. I missed missed the last one. I am good to go. Uh, and I'm here with Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney, who themselves uh, just kind of had to weather, uh, and our producer Michael, by the way, don't want to exclude you on this, had to weather some very inclement weather there in Chicago. How are you guys doing today in the after effects of that storm? We're surprised. I think Evanston didn't didn't get hit hard, luckily. So so I, I made it out all right. I think uh, we heard about the madness of a tornado landing and touching down in Rogers Park, which is still seems unbelievable because I've always felt like tornadoes just don't come into the city for some reason for I'm sure there's science behind it that we don't need to dig into at the moment but uh, I just I always found that uh odd and and here we are uh with Rogers Park I saw a roof coming off did you see the video of that the roof coming off some building in Rogers Park that was kind of crazy I think Patrick's roof is still still intact though is that right yes uh we made it through yesterday very fortunate uh yeah just crazy seeing uh all the the videos uh on on twitter it looked like some spots not too far from uh wrigley field as well kind of you know garages like half off the ground and, and things like that but yeah just an all-around surreal day from waking up to the images uh downtown and then yeah all of a sudden a uh if your phones are buzzing with uh, tornado warnings, which is not exactly how you envision your day planning, but this is uh, kind of 2020 and what uh, everyone, not just the Cubs, uh, are dealing with now. Well, you just, man, you just underscored it because, like, it's been a day and I, I, I hadn't forgotten about it, but, like, that is what David Ross started talking about yesterday was the fact that he arrived at Wrigley Field and his guys were talking about the um, additional looting and damage and stuff going on downtown from overnight. And then it's like, oh, by the way, there's also, a, I don't know how to say it, derecho? Derecho? It's just like a massive storm line coming through and it's like we haven't even circled back to the pandemic stuff. It's, it, is, it is really hard to keep your head on its... Uh, you know, on a swivel with all this stuff. And I imagine uh, extra challenging for David Ross uh, in this, you know, first year as a manager. He seems to be handling the baseball stuff uh, exceedingly well. In fact, the the players got their sort of surprise event that he teased about uh, on the return trip from St. Louis, hitting at some some cutouts. I think I saw some, some setups of Theo Epstein and uh, Michael Jordan and, and some others it, folks if you want to see it check out the, the Cubs tweeted out a video of the fun that was going on at the park yesterday for the players but look it's been four days no baseball it wasn't an all-star break because we didn't get the home run derby in the all-star game and stuff but it kind of felt like one for the Cubs uh, who will finally return to action tonight in Cleveland against the Indians uh, unless something were to interfere with that and I'll leave that dangling and I'll let uh, Sahadev take that over that uh, it's unlikely that, you know, it's, that there's going to be an interruption, but that's not to say that this series is not now already tinged with some dang additional pandemic related <laughs> problems. Yeah. I mean, well, we already, I did, when did the Zach Plezak stuff happen? That happened after we recorded on Friday, right? Cause he pitched, I think Friday went out Friday. He pitched on Saturday, he pitched on Saturday, went out on Saturday. Is that what happened? He pitched on Saturday, went out on Saturday night, got suspended or got sent home Sunday when it 
when word came out that he had he had gone out in the city with some friends. I, I still we don't have exact details on where he went and stuff like that, but I think the assumption is he went to a public place, a bar of some sort. I would guess. Uh, so so he went out, and, and now now Mike Clevenger apparently was out with him it comes out that he's been sent home he will not pitch tonight for the for Cleveland and and it's just what's bizarre about all this is is he was on the plane with his team uh, the whole point is you go out you're putting you're putting your teammates at risk and and I I, I just find it mind-boggling that I you know I get the slip up I almost get the slip up by Plezak I don't you know I you wish it doesn't happen you wish these guys could be a little bit stricter about it but to see your teammate get sent home for that then apparently Clevenger defended Plezak without ever saying that he was out with them and then somehow it comes out that he was out with them after he goes on the flight with them it, it's just yeah it, is it is it guaranteed that he has COVID and he's spreading it throughout the team? Of course not. But it's just one of those things that you can't take these risks right now. When you see teams like St. Louis and Miami, I don't understand how you allow that to happen. You make the mistake of going out and then you compound it by getting on the plane with your teammates. It just seems like such a selfish decision, you know, beyond foolish. It's just very selfish and, and short-sighted. I, I don't understand how you do that. Remember, kind of at the, I think it was maybe the first weekend of the season, talking to some people, and I think there was a thought that, you know, what happens if a guy is say one for twenty-five, or you know, a, a pitcher is not performing, and I just it, or it's been weeks of kind of being cooped up, and they just need to blow off steam, and you know. I think not that you would uh, write that off, but I think it might come from, you know, more of a place of understanding. But like like you guys are both saying, I mean, there's already been two outbreaks. Uh, everyone in the baseball community is aware of how fragile uh, this thing is. And uh, I thought Zach Mizell, our Cleveland beat writer made a great point in his column that's up on the athletic now of like you know, Carlos Carrasco is a higher risk individual and that um, Terry Francona as well. I, I mind are saying he's been sidelined for a bit and he's had some health issues in the past uh, as well. So it's not like these are uh, abstract concepts. I mean, it's literally the guy in your rotation that's pitching really, really well, a team that has legitimate playoff aspirations. If there is a, a postseason, and you know this is where you know the Cubs had brought these personal examples to the forefront literally from like the first team meeting at Wrigley training camp and uh David Ross bring up Craig Kimbrell's daughter like these decisions uh have consequences and it's really um just kind of shocking that they would kind of fall off the wagon like that quickly after uh, these two outbreaks almost sunk the season within days uh, of, of opening day. Yeah, I um, the yeah, <laughs> I won't I won't add to that. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it within context of the Cubs now facing the Indians. But it is, um, I think, we know all you can do in this environment is play with the percentages. In a way, it's sort of perfect the way we think about baseball. You can't. You can't guarantee, you can't go to the plate and guarantee you're going to get a hit, but you can do a variety of things to 
improve your odds. And that's really all you can control, control the controllables. And it is pretty shocking to see some of the decisions that were made um, there by some players with the Indians. And now um, there is a direct impact on the Cubs in a variety of ways. Uh, before we get to that, though, I want to real quick throw it off to one of our sponsors, Indochino. Uh, they've got a little something for you. Uh, you know, as Sahadev mentioned, uh, because Mike Clevenger was sent home uh, through this process, he was due to start tonight against the Cubs, uh, which was going to make for kind of a weird, challenging uh, comeback after four days off. And then, boom, you're facing this guy with just, you know, nasty, nasty stuff. And instead, the Cubs will be facing Adam Plutko, which, by the way, throwback. If the name sounds vaguely familiar, it's because the Cubs did face him two years ago in May. He was a fill-in guy. He's been sort of a fill-in starter guy for the Indians for three years now. And I remember because I was at that game, and it was one of these wildly frustrating six innings of shutout <laughs> ball that I this guy was throwing. Yeah. Because, look, I'm not I'm not commenting whether he's a good or bad pitcher overall, especially now. But, like, it was not an impressive day of pitching. It, it was just he was sort of like four strikeouts, four walks tons of balls in play rockets and they just could not get anything going so that is not to say that that will be the case tonight against plutko but that is the guy the cubs are facing now um in this two game set as they return in in cleveland on a tuesday and wednesday got to give the little 2016 plug there with by the way john lester and kyle Hendricks being the cubs starters little little fun synergy there oh i didn't even realize all all of that uh I think Ross was even asked, you bring that up, and Ross was asked the other day, like, you know, any any excitement about coming back to Cleveland, anything you're looking forward to, blah, 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 you know, because he hasn't been back, right? All the other players, all, they came back in, like you said, what was that, 2018. Uh, he hasn't been back, as a obviously, as a player, but as, as a manager, now he'll be back. I, I don't think it really had even hit him. Uh until that question was posed like oh yeah he's like oh yeah I guess I didn't think about that I guess this will be the first time I guess I'll see if there's anything that hits me but I don't know right now because uh, that's so far from your mind right now I'm not even sure if it would be something that would talk that would be a storyline in a normal season if this wasn't you know all this other madness wasn't going on but it seemed so so off in the distance to Ross and, and just thinking about something like that appreciating the 2016 World Series may not be something that he has time for. Uh, when when we talk about these guys like Clevenger and Polizak get, getting in trouble, I mean, you're talking about a really good team, right? I mean, Cleveland has arguably the best pitching in baseball right now going for them. They, they just consistently don't allow runs. Uh, you know, we can talk about offensive issues for them, but this is a team with real playoff aspirations. And already these guys are struggling with the rules. What happens when we get to middle of September and there are teams that are clearly done that aren't making the playoffs or just, you know, like it, uh, that's where my questions start to come in. You know, I'm 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 trying to be optimistic about everything. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm not, you know, when when people say we don't, you know, we're rooting against a season or anything like that. I find that laughable. It's just pointing out the, the problems with this all. It, you can't hide from them. Uh, I, I desperately want there to be baseball and I desperately want to write about it consistently, but it, I just don't, that's my concern right now is how do these guys, when teams are falling out of it, when teams feel like they have nothing to play for, uh, 
do you get mass opt-outs again? Do you get uh, do you get guys just breaking protocols leading to breakouts? There's some scary situations. Obviously, we have a bubble consideration now, and I think that's like when we get so much buzz about that. Clearly, it seems like there's a lot of momentum towards that for the playoffs. I think it's pretty obvious that that is something that is not only on the table, but they're really trying to figure out the right way to get it done. I think that's if we want this season to move forward and and really if the playoffs were to happen, it's going to have to be a bubble situation Uh, because my concern right now is what teams what happens with teams that fall out of it. And if we can't get teams like Cleveland to stick to it, a team where you have a great leader in Terry Francona seems like the guys have really talked about this and the seriousness of it all. And you still have guys falling out of line. It's it's got to be frustrating in that in that sense. But um, yeah, I, I'd say that uh, <laughs> it it would be pretty. It would feel like throwback completely. It would feel like real Cubs baseball if uh, Plutko did just go out there and deal tonight, or even did do what you said he did last time, which was uh, for. I remember that. I think I was out in Cleveland for that series, if, if my memory serves uh, properly. And and yeah, it was one of those games. I think. Bauer pitched in that series as well, and Bauer was utterly dominant. But Plutko was just like, "Yeah, I'm just going to shut them out, even though they're hitting line drives every other at bat." And it was one of those, "Are you kidding me?" losses. Uh, maybe I'm not even sure if they lost that game, but either way, they, it was one of those outings where you're just like, "This is this is just typical Cubs offense, where one day they're just completely out of it, the next day they're actually hitting, but it, it can't find any grass." I go back and forth on this because I feel like it's kind of tempting fate of like saying the Cubs are doing a good job with X, Y, and Z because the next time we go to Twitter, like who knows, maybe they're the team with the outbreak. And, you know, just because of the nature of this virus, not, you know, through any fault of their own necessarily, but I think this four day break has at least given us a chance to assess where they're at. And they have not had a player opt out, which probably reflects well in what they've done. They have not had a player test positive yet, which is not a, does not guarantee future results, but uh, certainly it's a good sign overall. They were the first team to 10 wins in the National League. I think, Brett, you pointed out they actually gained ground in the distance during their time off, which is really uh, hard to believe. And, you know, we've seen this group overall. Just think how much these players have been in the spotlight in the age of cell phone uh, cameras there hasn't been a whole lot of shots of these guys out partying on the town, except for, you know, like the years they took as a victory lap for the world series. But I mean, other than that, like on a day-to-day basis, these guys are kind of homebodies. And maybe that was because, uh, you know, they have families or just kind of the kind of risk reward of going out in general when you're that young and that famous is probably, maybe that makes the decision for you, but you know, overall, uh, I think it helps that you know, David Ross is was a player for a really long time, and I think that he's kind of used to kind of leveling with players and telling them what they kind of need to hear. And, and I think on some level that's helped the Cubs kind of get to this point so far. And, you know, maybe these four days off will kind of kill their momentum, but I think they are in a place where um, – you know, remember a couple of years ago that like makeup game in DC and it felt like there was a lot of kind of, kind of complaining about that. And this isn't fair. And it's like, <laughs> well, now your whole entire season, every single day is up in the air and like deal with it. And I think that 
they have for the, for the most part. Yeah, that's a, um, a really good uh, comparison is the wrong word, but it's a good thing to remember. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago where because of a schedule that from day one was so bizarrely front loaded with off days. And then there were a number of rainouts and reschedules that that game in Washington, you'll recall, was when that whole area was being evacuated for a hurricane and the Cubs were flying into Washington to play one game on a shared off day in the middle of a stretch where they played what, like 30 games in 30 days. And um, it, it, it was a situation where their performance was clearly impacted. The attitudes were clearly impacted in ways that are completely understandable, but you do feel like in a normal season like that, it's like, let us fight that battle for you. You know, like let us, the fans, the media, whoever, be the ones bitching about how ridiculous the schedule is. You sort of don't want to hear it from the players as right as they are. Um, and so I think about that a lot now um, when people talk about what the Cardinals are potentially going to have to do. I mean, right now they've had their series this week postponed. You know, they're up to 55 games in 45 days, <laughs> which is just not doable. So we, th- th- you know, this is actually something we should talk about for a minute because uh, that that postponement of the series against the Cardinals, I think, could end up being very significant to the Cubs. But before we get to that, I want to talk about something else that's significant. Hair all over your body. Okay, gents, that can be significant. <laughs> and you got to take care of that stuff. And what you can do is you can team up with our sponsor, Manscaped, which again, I am a, a customer of Manscaped myself. If you ever see me in person, you know, we can <laughs> chat about the virtues of manscaping. Uh, I'm a big proponent. And, uh, you know, go, man, it's, look, I'll just level with you. It's like, it's like a trimmer. It's like a really, really good, effective trimmer for taking care of body hair. Okay. So, uh, and you, you can go to manscaped.com. M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. You use the code THEATHLETIC20 and you get 20% off and free shipping. You also get uh, a couple free gifts thrown in. There's a travel bag. There is some reduced chafing boxers. Uh, good deal thrown in. So it's worth it. You know, I like it. You know, I, I, I understand that, that what we're talking about here. It's a, little, it's a little awkward. But you know what, gents? It's something we all deal with and I feel like we can be I feel like we can be honest with each other. I feel like we know each other. I feel like we're tight and we can talk about these things. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code theathletic20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code theathletic20. So for a limited time, you're going to get uh, two free gifts, the travel bag, uh, which is a $39 value, and the uh, anti-chafing boxer briefs. Just go to manscaped.com and use the code theathletic20. Okay, so Cardinal Series which also I feel like that got landscaped off the schedule. Um, And my question, when we talk about this, the 55 games in 45 days, MLB has rescheduled the earlier postponements. But I think realistically now, if we are in agreement that doing 55 games in 45 days is not feasible, just at a human level, at a physical performance level, at a competitive balance level, all these reasons – that would mean that games that are postponed now are the ones that are less likely to be made up. And so what that would mean in turn is uh, the series that was postponed this weekend against the Cardinals strikes me as among the more likely ones now to just be scrapped entirely if the Cardinals are to make up 
um, you know, something 50-ish games Wait, in this season. Brett, why? what what was your reasoning that these, the more recently canceled ones... Because be they've made? already rescheduled. They've, oh, all, they've officially they've rescheduled already, the okay, earlier yeah, postponed yeah. ones. So if you're not going to get up to 55 games, if you're only going to get to 50, uh, then the ones that aren't on the schedule yet are likely yeah. to be the ones. And so to me, that likely means, you know, they, they were to play the Pirates this week and the Cubs this past weekend. How does that strike you? You know, how, when you think yeah. about the impact on the Cubs – that's just like three games poof off their schedule and now they play 57 and the division is decided by winning percentage. I, yeah. I, I don't know that I have an immediate reaction to it beyond the thinking that really only popped up for me this week. You know, once the Pirates series was gone and that Tigers doubleheader was gone, I'm like, you know, it actually does now seem pretty possible that that series is just going to go poof. Yeah. For me, the, you know, this is something that as a whole with the Cardinals, especially now who, I mean, it's going to be two weeks before they play, you know, I mean, in between games, it's just seems so it's just really it's one of those situations that, you know, when we look, if we take a step back and we go back like a month or so ago and we we kind of laid this out, I think we'd be a little like really frustrated by it in the sense that this doesn't look fair. This doesn't look right. Uh, These are the situations that people brought up is like, well, this is when you talk about integrity of the game, this is what we're talking about. It's kind of up. It's completely gone right now. I mean, how many games are the Cardinals going to play? And if they make the playoffs and they've played 10 fewer games than, than everyone else, that's, that's going to call cause a lot of consternation. You know, right now, I mean, the pirates aren't making the playoffs, right? So you got four teams competing in this division for two spot, two spots tech kind of at the top. And then that one wild card spot. I don't, I look at it and I just think it's completely insane that that we're going to be playing a season where the Cardinals could be playing so few games relative to everyone else. I don't know. I think this is part of the for me, part of it is the, the frustration of if this had if the whole deal had gotten done earlier, we could have figured out a way to pack in more off days, all this stuff. It, it just comes back to the original complaints that we had months ago while we were. Uh, you know, free, you know, frustrated by the negotiations between the Player Association and MLB. This is just another one of the complicating factors. I, I, I think it's uh, ideally there'd be a way to like shift the postseason, and obviously that's just not going to happen because it's been a sticking point since they've started these negotiations. So I don't see that happening, but. Right now, I don't know how you get it done. I don't know how fair it's going to be. I I know that it, it was a question that kind of Ross kicked down the road, right? I mean, when he was asked about it about a week ago, this was before the the series with the Cardinals was even postponed. Uh, he, he basically said, you know, how uh, he's like, I'm not going to, you know, complain about that now. We'll see, let's see where we are towards the end of the season let's see who has fewer games blah 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 what the situation is uh we, we talk about you know how in the past the cubs players may have been vocal about uh issues that were annoying to them like uh you know however many games that stretch was to end the 2018 season uh they're they're not going to be vocal about those things now i don't think i don't you know at least not right away but i can see a situation where the cardinals are, are creeping up uh, on teams in the playoff race. And suddenly we're talking about them knocking someone out that's played more games than them. And that's going to be frustrating to a lot of fan bases, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. 
it's almost like you're being you get a bonus for for having a breakout almost i don't want to make light of this situation but that's you know that's if if you get into the playoffs because you played fewer games and and we don't know what happens with those extra seven games that's it's it's a hard pill to swallow i think when when you're just strictly looking at it in a competition level I really think MLB is going to show some decisive, bold leadership here. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you said, they're just going to keep kicking the can down the road. They're not going to make any decisions uh, until they have to. And I'm wondering if they like build a bubble that maybe it'll just be one of those Hever games they have to like make up. They just bring the Cardinals and whatever, the ninth and 10th teams in the league that are maybe haven't been eliminated yet. And then they like play – you know, five inning double headers with every other inning where the runner starts on third base with one out or something, you know, like that. But, uh, yeah, I do think the Cubs, if we know anything about the Cubs, it is that they will do everything they can behind the scenes to assert their point of view. Um, I think we saw it, uh, even though he was just asked a question, but I think Chris Bryant, was one of the first guys out front talking about the testing system and how there were kind of delays and shifting from the intake process into the every other day testing. I think Rizzo had said we didn't sign up for bad uh, protocols. Uh, For rookie manager, David Ross is certainly not shy in talking to MLB. He raised those concerns as well kind of at the beginning uh, of training camp. Theo Epstein was one of four players baseball executives who are on this kind of subcommittee in the return to play negotiations that helped try to at least give input from a baseball operation sides of how practical some of these protocols would be uh, or not. Uh, it wasn't a ton of influence. Uh, it was ultimately kind of a, a role where he was him and three other uh, GMs or, or presidents were kind of, you know, filtering some of the ideas out and then getting back to MLB who ultimately kind of made uh, a lot of these protocols in concert with the players union. But yeah, I think the Cubs will be uh, very assertive uh, assuming that there are a bunch of games they have to uh, make up. And, you know, from their perspective, it's probably not worrying about it. They're, you know, when there's no return to play timeline for the Cardinals, it's probably not worth getting, too worked up about but I mean Jed Hoyer said they're preparing as if they're playing the Cardinals next week they kind of have to even though no one knows if that will actually kind of go through we also don't know if that's going to be a three-game series or if it's going to be four games in three days or five games in three days or uh, I mean who knows because although that was the Cubs only scheduled trip to St. Louis this year anyone want to wager that the the Cubs are going to go to St. Louis on random days to make up games no chance, no chance. So if those games are going to be made up, they're going to be made up as part of the series that are already taking place at Wrigley Field, um, which would be its own kind of weird thing. Cardinals, the home team at Wrigley Field for a few games. Uh, again, I think it's possible that those games just go away. Um, and I, I do think... Moody- I, I kind of wonder, I, I know this is kind of off topic, but seven inning games, do they benefit the Cubs right now? The way the Cubs are playing, does a seven inning game benefit them? <laughs> If you could say with confidence that the Cubs would perform going forward the same way that yeah. they have performed so far, you would say absolutely because the starting pitching is so disproportionately stronger uh, and the defense yeah. than their bullpen. Um, yeah, 
I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. And I think the other thing is, and this is just a baseball thing in a short season, we're never really going to have enough data to predict like, oh, this version of it playing out is going to be better for the Cubs than this version. You know, like if they, oh, because we may be talking about this and it may come to pass that by the end of the season, we're like, dang, good thing they didn't make up those games against the Cardinals. That really helped them out. Uh, You know, so who knows? But I do think, um, yeah, like Mooney said, the games are on the schedule right now that the, the Cardinals, again, (laughs) this is going to change this week, but right now they are on the schedule to return this weekend against the Brewers. White Sox. And, or White Sox. Wasn't it? And then the Brewers, then the Cubs. Is that right? I'm not as intimately on the Cardinals schedule because it's been in such flux. But point being, they are due to play the Cubs again next week. And that is in Chicago. And it is possible that some of these games will be made up in that series or not. And in the more immediate term, the Cubs are due to return to action tonight to play the Indians, uh, who may or may not be missing additional players come game time, but uh, we'll see. And uh, <laughs> that is, that's the best that you can leave almost any of these uh, bi-weekly or excuse me, semi-weekly episodes that we offer you folks is with a, here's what's on the schedule. Uh, and for us, that means here's what's on the schedule is a return uh, to you fine folks on Friday. Uh, we want to thank you as always for listening in. It's good to be back. I'm Brett Taylor. That's the Hadif Sharma and Patrick Mooney. Read their great stuff at The Athletic. And you can read my stuff at Bleacher Nation. We will be back, like I said, uh, in, unless one of us breaks protocol. I, I've been keeping my eye on these guys. Sahadev and Mooney, they like to go out. You know, we're trying to create a little bubble situation here, and I don't know about these two. But if everything goes to pass, we will be back at you on Friday. Make sure you are checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. Give us that uh, little subscription, little rate and review, and uh, go to theathletic.com and read what you need. So we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.